Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Abby Cohen. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Sparrow, an award-winning digital health company whose flagship product, Wing, is a pocket-sized device and powerful app that empowers patients to proactively manage COPD, and asthma. Well, now that sounds like a very helpful, helpful thing to have around, Abby. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, the the response that we're seeing from the people using it has been really positive so far, which is great. So how did you get into this space where you're going to help people with COPD and asthma? Well, I started Sparrow back when I was at Washington University in St. Louis, and I was studying engineering. Um, and when I started WashU, I thought I maybe wanted to be a doctor because I really have always been very interested in helping people in some way, like using some skill to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom told me that it was important for me not to just study biology, but she wanted me to do something else just in case I decided, you know, I didn't like research or I didn't want to do medicine. So she was like, have you looked at engineering? So I looked into that um, and decided that that was kind of the perfect fit for me in terms of uh, focusing on biomedical engineering, which is kind of a medical focus to engineering. So helping people is kind of at its core. And kind of as I got into it, I was just, I just loved it. It was so great to not be limited as a doctor by what tools you have available to you, but actually be the one who can go beyond what's available. Um, And so with with Sparrow, the way that we got started is me and my co-founder were actually in uh, an entrepreneurial or really an engineering organization that uh, was an extracurricular activity at WashU called Engineers Without Borders, Engineering World Health. So it was like a really broad organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came together through that and we were looking for kind of a problem to solve. We were on a team called the design team. And um, we started talking to doctors, uh, kind of shadowing different clinicians, and we were just really astounded by respiratory conditions. Uh, obviously, as everyone knows, breathing's really important. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> and to see someone, and you know, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't, I don't think about it. Right? It's not something that I have to consider, which is incredible, except for, you know, maybe in certain times when I'm going on a long run and I get out of breath because I'm right. not in the best shape. But for people with respiratory conditions, you know, it could be something that they think about every time they breathe. And to watch somebody have to endure that is just so, it's, it's really hard to watch. Right. Um, and so that's really what drew us to this, this field of respiratory conditions. My brother has asthma. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with, and he, he like, he, he, you know, if you were, people were mowing the lawn, he had to go inside. There was all, I mean, just so many restrictions placed upon him as a kid mm-hmm. because of it. So what does wing look like? Like paint a picture for us. Yeah, so a lot of people think it kind of looks like um, like a computer mouse, actually. Hmm. But think of it a little bit more spaceshipy in a sense. <laughs> so it's a kind of a combination. It's a little bit sleeker. Um, but essentially, it's a pocket-sized device that you exhale through. So you blow through it, and it's measuring how fast you can exhale and the volume of air that you can excel, expire. So together, those two things give a really good indication for someone with either asthma or COPD, the status of how they're doing right then and there. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And why did you call it WING? 
So for Wing and and Sparrow, the name of our company, I mean, a big part of what we're about is helping people who have respiratory conditions kind of, um, in a sense, take flight from something that's held them back. And so uh, we really like the imagery of wings because that helps a bird fly. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people with COPD um, and asthma, it's something that's held them back in their life. And so we really see ourselves as being a company that strives to help people kind of live their life despite having these conditions. And I can't, I mean, I mean, so the people that, do you get to work, are, I mean, do you talk directly to the people that are using it? Absolutely, yeah. And, and what is it, what does that feel like to have these people like, oh my gosh, thank you? Yeah, it's it's been really incredible. And I think for me personally, you know, and for our company, everyone in our company, we're, we're always looking at what's next. How can we make more of a difference, right? So um, one of the things and one of the reasons why I've been talking to so many patients currently is um, we've started to focus a little bit more on the COPD population. So it's an older population. COPD is kind of an umbrella term for chronic bronchitis and emphysema. Okay. Um, and there's some other, you know, different diseases kind of stuck in there. But uh, it's progressive, so it gets worse over time. A lot of people you can think of, uh, you know, someone that you've seen like with oxygen, a lot of those people are people who have COPD. Okay. And so... Um, we started to think, okay, we started to have people very interested in wing who had COPD because they wanted some control. They wanted to understand what was going on so that they could feel some control of what was happening in their body. Um, and we started to talk to patients because we wanted to see, okay, well, what's next? And we found that they're not, they're not just interested in monitoring, that's great, but also how can they improve? So we're currently kind of in development um, and are currently beta testing uh, a new service uh, called Lift Pulmonary Rehab, which is essentially allowing people not just to monitor their condition with wing, but also provides exercise, um, uh, breathing classes, and all sorts of different techniques that uh, we use technology to actually get those classes to patients because previously they would have had to go to a hospital and not everyone has access to a program. Right. Yeah, because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So what does the monitoring do? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it provides you knowledge and information, but what do they do with that? So there's a couple different ways that you can use it. Um, we have a little bit of a different interface, whether you have asthma or COPD. And remember that the device works with an app. Um, and so there's a lot you can do you know, with an app to display the information in a way that makes sense to someone who has this condition. And that's the really important thing. We give you a way to you know, transmit it back to your doctor, gotcha. but at the end of the day, we really want to provide tools to people who have the condition because they're the ones that are living with it. Right. So when you use our product, um, if you have asthma, it gives you a color zone reading. So you can see based on whether you're in the green, yellow, or red zone, where it's tailored based on your best lung function, what you need to do next. Green zone means you're doing great, keep taking your daily medication. Yellow zone means you know, you're not doing as well, take some albuterol rescue medication, classic inhaler, check back to make sure you're back in the green zone. And red zone means things are really not going well, you should call your doctor. Gotcha. With COPD, it's a little bit more of kind of tracking over the course of a week or every couple days to see if there's a more steady or an increased decline because that could be indicative of what's called an exacerbation. And for people with COPD, that's the one thing that you definitely don't want. It could be, you know, pneumonia, chest infection, and it ultimately might land you in the hospital for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. This is amazing stuff, ma'am. Thanks. (laughs) We are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Abby Cohen.
We are back with Abby Cohen. So tell me about the beta testing. How is that going? So it's going really, really well so far. So what we're beta testing is um, it's basically an online pulmonary rehabilitation program. So what pulmonary rehabilitation is, it's a, this proven um, kind of in hospital or hospital-based typically program that people with COPD go to. Uh, and it's kind of a combination of exercise that's more um, structured, uh, strengthening, walking, uh, all the way to flexibility, breathing techniques, and education around the condition. So ultimately, people um, can live better with COPD. And the type of people that we're talking about right now are people who, you know, standing and brushing their teeth can put them in a situation where they can they need to sit down for a very oh, long gosh. time. So we're talking about those individuals who mostly are at home out of, you know, the public eye, but but have a huge need. And one of the things that we found is that pulmonary rehab is one of the most proven interventions for these people who have COPD. It helps them get from, you know, maybe walking a maximum of four minutes without having to stop to walking 30 minutes. And think of how much that oh, would change your life. Yeah. yeah but only two to 3% of people actually have access today. And that's because they're hospital-based programs. Um, a lot of people live way too far away from these programs. They're not reimbursed very well, so the cost can be very, very high uh, because you're working one-on-one -on -one with a respiratory therapist who you know, has a ton of experience, but obviously needs to be paid well too. Right. And so what we did is we said, well, how can we take that model and make it more scalable? And so what we do is we use technology uh, to basically, uh, you know, have classes that we record um, and programs that we develop, but it's infinitely more scalable because you're able to broadcast that to anyone. And that's really hitting a lot of these people in rural areas in particular who just don't have access and don't have transportation. And we're talking about, you know, three hour, four hour, six hour drive to get to a typical pulmonary rehab right. program. So that's fabulous. So then if I'm if I'm one of these people in the rural community and I need this and then and I and I now have access to it over the internet. Um I mean how many like is it something a daily exercise regimen if you will? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things that we offer. So probably one of the core things is that we have a variety of classes taught by respiratory therapists. Um, we have pulmonologists that come on, specialty physicians, all the way to yoga instructors and people who lead us through meditation, right? So we try to hit kind of every single aspect, not only the physical well-being, but also the mental wellness and the education, because we think that's really important. Yeah. Um, a lot of these people suffer from depression and anxiety. So we kind of provide a variety of classes, but each week what we do is we release a weekly program. So if you log on to our website, we make it really simple and it's just start my program for today and we might have four classes, we might have one class, um, whatever makes sense in terms of the context of that weekly program to help each person be able to continue to make progress. Um, and we try to keep the classes really, really short. So they're anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes max. So you don't need a ton of time. And then if you miss a day, they're all available on demand. So our goal was really to try and make the tech kind of get that out of the way of the content. It's just a, a methodology that we're able to um, provide this content to people. So we want to make it as simple as possible, especially because these are older individuals typically. Right, right. I was going to ask about that. I mean, is there mm -hmm. usually someone that helps them get started on this or is it very user-friendly. They so, just get it. Yeah, we've we've made it really user-friendly. So we haven't had 
many issues with that, which has been great, but there aren't many buttons either, right? So we wanted to make it very, very simple so that, like I said, the technology isn't getting in the way of the the benefit that they could get. Right. Um, Something as simple as having a next class button so that they don't have to go back to the home screen and click on the next class that actually makes a really big difference in terms of engagement. So that's little things like that. You just really have to be very connected to your audience to really understand what they're looking for and what they need. Yeah, I love that because it does have to be intuitive. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for just anybody, it just does. We're used to being led easily and we, yeah. we don't have the patience to do otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the hard things for me is just, you know, intuitive to me as somebody who's, you know, 27 years old is different than intuitive and I've grown up with tech is right. different than something that's intuitive to someone who maybe is 82, right? And we have a couple people beta testing right now that are that old. Wow. Um, and they love it, which do is they great. they do this from computers or is it their iPad or what's is Depends there? on the person. Okay. So it's yeah. just, it's there and they mm-hmm. just have to log in from wherever. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah. I totally want to high five you. High five on that. <laughs> I'll that's take it. awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is amazing. So we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back with Abby Cohen. And we are back with Abby Cohen. So I have some questions for you. Um, my first, and I, I am not at all medically inclined at all, but I love things about health and what have you. So is there something about our respiratory system that would surprise us? Like we live in these bodies. We have a respiratory system that we actually rely on all the time. Is there anything we don't know that maybe we should know? Yeah, I think one of the most like crazy facts that I remember learning Um, as I've been going through this, is that if you took the surface area of the lungs, um, it would be as big as a tennis court. Ooh. Because they're they're all branched. Really? Yeah. Wild. So we're talking about like a lot of surface area. But if you think about it, right, you're trying to get oxygen to all of your body and like breathing, the only way to do that is the surface area. Right. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. See? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Please tell me your thoughts on vaping. Uh, (laughs) I do not agree with it. It's not a good alternative. Um, Well, so with vaping, there's something called popcorn lung. Yes. I I just recently learned about this. The the teenagers are all vaping and acting like, oh, but it's not smoking. It's fine. I'm like, "Mm, I'm thinking no. Yeah. You're still putting something in your lungs, like the moisture in addition to a lot of them are um, flavored. And so that's getting into your lungs and popcorn lung, the the term popcorn lung came from um, people who worked in like uh, microwave popcorn factories because oh, really? that substance would get in their lungs and it would cause what they now call popcorn lung. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's actually, in a lot of senses, worse than the, the respiratory conditions like COPD and asthma because there's nothing left, right? So with COPD, a lot of the times it's either, you know, something's being blocked or there's kind of a deformation of that surface area of your lung so that it's less surface area for the oxygen to get um to be transferred into your blood. 
But with popcorn lung, what you're actually doing is you're kind of destroying your lungs. And so it's definitely not a good alternative. I would say that the one um, area that I've seen people use it very successfully is using it to help them quit smoking. And the important thing there is that they're reducing their nicotine over the course of time. Gotcha. Um, ultimately with a goal of not having like, any and then, of that. Then you got to then stop vaping. Yeah. Right. And I mean, is there any sense at this time of how long it takes to get to that? I mean, you know, is it somebody that's doing it? Mm-hmm. Constantly, they've been doing this for, I, I don't even know how long vaping has been out, honestly. Yeah, the research around it, if you look at like more of the medical research, it's really early. And I think that that's yeah. been one of the challenges is that, you know, it became, and I think part of that is like with, um, you know, with the internet, things proliferate a lot faster than we can keep up with it. And so I know that this isn't like a website or something like that. It's a physical product, but right. hearing about it is is faster. And so there isn't necessarily a lot of information today on the impact that vaping has just a little bit, but um, I think that we're going to see more of it, unfortunately. And I think the biggest problem is not the ones that are just, you know, water. I think that that's probably an issue too, in some respect, but anything that has an added substance into it, you're putting that into your body. Yeah. It doesn't belong there. No. Don't vape. Don't vape. All right. That... That that's the word there, guys. Okay, um, so I have another question for you, and this is I'm going to take you back because I yeah I looked you up, Cranbrook. Yeah, tell me your favorite memory. Favorite memory of going from to Cranbrook. Cranbrook. I like the name of it. Yeah, it just sounds like it just sounds like the kind of place I'd want to go to school. <laughs> it's it's it was really an incredible place. Um, I don't know if it's like a specific memory. Because there were just so many, right? That was the high school I went to. And I was a day student, but it's part day and part boarding. And Cranbrook has this absolutely beautiful campus. It looked gorgeous. In the pictures, I was like, golly, that looks... It's incredible. Just lovely. And in high school, being able... So there's two different campuses, but they're connected by basically like forests. And there's an art museum and a science museum on campus that you, you know, have access to. But just being able, you know, on a nice day to walk in between uh, where you take, you know, your English class on uh, one side of campus to... Uh, where you might take your math class, thing, things like that. Like I just, it's just a wonderful place to um, to learn and and be, if that makes sense. And I know that sounds like kind of no, no. I mean, that's the feeling I got just looking at pictures. Yeah, I was like, well, I've never heard of this. I'm gonna look it up. Wow, that looks awesome. And actually, the same family, um, Saarinen, that did the arch, so designed okay. the arch. Oh, really? I can't remember. I think there's. Elio's Saarinen and, and then his son. So one's a son and one's the dad, but they're related. And Saarinen is who did uh, Cranbrook, all the architecture at Cranbrook. So there's kind of this weird connection between St. Louis and Cranbrook. And now here you are. And, and now it's in am. Michigan, right? Yeah, it's in Michigan. And you grew up in Michigan? That's right, right outside Detroit. And now here you are. So you went to Wash U and you stayed? Yes. You found your you found your world here? Yeah. Cool. Well, Abby, thank you. And I'm, I'm really excited for your TEDx talk. Yeah, I don't want you to give anything away, but, you know, has it been a good experience so far? Yeah, it's been a great experience. I mean, they, you know, they're such an organized group of people who are running that. Um, and so what they put on the different professional development events uh, to help you put on a good TEDx presentation has been uh, really fun to see. So I'm really excited and 
Um, mine will be short but sweet, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks, Javi Cohen, for all you're doing for the world. Oh, thanks so much. This is awesomeness. And for all of you out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Please check us out on iTunes and subscribe. Talk to y'all later. Bye.